building back better after the pandemic and Uganda is a major source of illicit cigarettes in Kenya and other neighboring countries. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse and everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial, and you can find me at Ruth Adong. For the economic recovery from the COVID-19 crisis to be durable and resilient, a return to business as usual and destructive investment patterns and activities must be avoided. To avoid this, recovery packages should be designed to build back better. This means doing more than getting economies and livelihoods quickly back on their feet. Recovery policies also need to trigger investment and behavior change that will reduce the likelihood of future shocks and increase society's resilience to them when they do occur. Olutayo Bankole Bolaole, Water Aids Regional Director for East Africa, joins us for this episode to expound on using water, sanitation and hygiene as a core centre for building back better. The first thing I would want to say is to say that, um, one, one of the things that we learned with the pandemic was the fact that um, even though we had structures, infrastructure everywhere in place for wash across countries in Africa, and we thought we were doing a really good job in attempting to meet the SDGs, and when I say we, I'm talking about governments, I'm talking about civil society organizations, I'm talking about donors, I'm talking about organizations like Water Aid International NGOs, and of course the private sector. We thought we were doing a pretty good job in the provision of wash services, that's water sanitation and hygiene. Then COVID came. And then we realized that every facility infrastructure was strained or not good enough or not strong enough to be able to withstand uh, uh, the rigors of COVID. So that set us thinking to say, you know something, our health systems got strained so badly. So those gaps became more evident uh, when COVID became full blown. So having said that, one of the things we also noted was the fact that um, it, it wasn't only infrastructure in terms of water taps and all of those, but the basic hygiene behavior change principles that we thought every citizen knew became something that was uh, now more of a head knowledge rather than a habit or a practice, which of course led to more infections and spread of COVID even more rapidly. So now as we talk about building back better, one of the things that we have also learned during that time is the fact that availability of clean, safe uh, water for all is very critical to building back better. And I'll explain how. You see, as we build back better, one of the things that we, we noted is that we have seen that there have been inadequate budgeting for water sanitation and hygiene, even in country budgets. And the prioritization of wash across the entire world, indeed Africa as well, it showed up that we didn't, we are not doing enough. So as we say we want to build back better, all those gaps are one of the things that we are consistently now focusing on as water aid in particular, working with others to ensure that we are giving and bringing good health and well-being to our people and that we cannot achieve all of this without WASH being central to development across all sectors. And it's even more important now. And why do I say that? I say that because when you look at um, uh, the livelihoods of people, when you look at the health, child mortality, maternal mortality, 
were really, really strained. It was bad before it became worse because COVID and the fact that people didn't have clean, safe water made them more vulnerable. So the provision of wash services closer to where people lived becomes something that we cannot negotiate anymore. So wash has to be close to the people, whether it is in terms of good, safe hygiene, good sanitation or water in the homes for people themselves, in schools, in marketplaces, in places of commerce. If we do not have water in those spaces, we're still going to struggle. So our focus as water aid is how do we continue to advocate, work with governments, work with critical stakeholders to bring the centrality of WASH into the space of building back better, that if this is at foundational level, that this is the platform that we're building all of these blocks on, then we'll begin to now see the difference as we go into uh, the world now that hopefully the pandemic is gradually getting behind us. But the pandemic, of course, we know has not gone fully. If it's not this one, another pandemic may come up as well. So I think our role is to continue to mention and talk about the fact that communicable diseases, waterborne diseases, they thrive more when there is no water, no good safe water, no good hygiene. So what do we need to do to ensure that the provision of these wash services are there and then when any pandemic or epidemic or whatever disease springs up, because people know what to do and they have the resources, when I say resources, they have water close at home, they have toilets that are clean, and they're practicing safe, good hygiene, then we'll see a reduction in the mortality of, of, of people and people will begin to live healthier and much better. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast, Algerian oil and gas group Sonatrach has announced the discovery of significant gas condensate deposits in the Hasi Ramel fields in Algerian Sahara. Sonatrach plans to start production in November from this field, which is expected to produce 10 million cubic meters per day. Algeria, whose proven natural gas reserves amount to nearly 2.4 trillion cubic meters per day, supplies about 11% of the gas consumed in Europe compared to 47% for Russia. It is Africa's leading exporter of natural gas and the seventh largest in the world. Several countries seeking to reduce their dependence on Russian supplies since the invasion of Ukraine have turned to Algeria. In April, Italy signed a major agreement with Algeria on increased gas supplies. The Libyan National Oil Company has wanted to declare a force majeure on its facilities in the northern Gulf of Ceta, within 72 hours as it's unable to meet its contractual obligations due to forced closure. Invoking the state of forced majeure allows a company to be released from its contractual obligations while exonerating it from any responsibility for its non-performance. Plunged into chaos since the fall of Muammar Gaddafi's regime in 2011 and plagued by divisions between the east and west of the country, Libya, endowed with the most abundant reserves in Africa, is in the grip of serious institutional crisis. Two governments have been fighting for power since March, one based in Tripoli, led by Adel Hamid Bede since 2021, and another led by Fadi Bachaga and supported by the camp of Mashal Khalifa Haftar, the strongest man of the East. In this context, six oil fields and terminals in the east of the country were forcibly closed in mid-April by groups close to the eastern camp, demanding transfer of power to Mr. Bachaga. Despite the country's oil wealth, 
Libyans face a dozen hours of power cuts a day while the temperature hovers around 40 degrees. The National Electricity Company lamented of a loss of about 1,000 megawatts due to disruption in gas supply caused by blockades. Uh, Tripoli government representative Mohamed Muda warned. Uganda is a major source of illicit cigarettes in Kenya and other neighboring countries. This is according to a report by Kanta. According to the study commissioned by the British American Tobacco, 93% of the counterfeits find their way into Kenya. This further shows that 23.8% of the cigarettes being sold in Uganda are illicit. This accounts for almost one in four cigarettes smoked, an increased representation of 54.5% compared to September 2020, when the number stood at 15.4%. The research father found that more than half of the illicit cigarettes 51% was manufactured in Uganda, with the rest being smuggled from other countries. This revelation has triggered British American Tobacco to call for enhanced action against counterfeit trade in Uganda amid the significant incidents of illegal cigarettes trade. And a quick look at the markets. Arabica Coffee Futures on the International Commodity Exchange were trading at around $2.3, the lowest since June 15th as the outlook for global coffee production improved. The USDA, in its biannual report, projected 2022-2023 global coffee production to climb to plus 4.7% year-on-year to 174 million bags primarily due to Brazil's Arabica crop entering the onya of the biennial production cycle. Still, concerns that excessive dryness in top producer Brazil may lead to lower coffee yields might limit the downside in coffee prices. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of Care Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at The Care Financial. And you can find me at The Dawn.